Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. And with this move last night from the Colorado Supreme Court, the 2024 election is rigged. Now, it's not a guarantee to stop Donald Trump from winning, but rigging doesn't always mean you are guaranteed to succeed. Things are not so black and white. It's this game they play when it comes to saying January 6th was an inside job. They move the goalposts and try and make the most extreme interpretation of what that means. When you say January 6th was an inside job, or perhaps when Vivek Ramaswamy says it looks like an inside job, the media's response is, what's your evidence that the government was involved in orchestrating this plot as if to make it seem the statement inside job implies high level members of the U.S. government orchestrated January 6th. When in fact, inside job just means someone working within the target system was party to whatever occurred. The example I'd like to give, there is a bank. One of the security guards opens the door, allowing robbers into the back so they can loot the vaults. Yet we call that an inside job. But no one's arguing the bank manager or any high level staffers were involved. So when I say this election is rigged, what does that mean? It means that elements of the government are using, let's just call it extra electoral means to stop Trump from winning formally. You can argue the lawsuits to remove Trump from the ballot in many states is an attempt at rigging the election. And I would argue that with this formal ruling that Donald Trump will be removed from the primary, it's rigged. That is to say, It is being set up in such a way that Donald Trump cannot win. The primary in Colorado is formally rigged. And the only person right now in the primary with any integrity is Vivek Ramaswamy. If Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley or Chris Christie continue to run in a primary that has been rigged from the start, they are no better than those doing the rigging. I'll give them time. Vivek Ramaswamy came out and said he will remove himself, withdraw from the primary race unless Donald Trump is included. Vivek is not only the only guy right now with integrity, he snap right when it happened, said no way. 
He understands. He gets it. There's no victory in winning a, a, a rigged game. There's, there's, there's no honor or integrity. There's no value for you. You would just look like a loser. Yeah, the guy everyone knows is actually going to win, and you couldn't go up against him. You had to get him disqualified. Vivek's the only one who stood up. Of course, we've seen some statements and too little too late, I suppose. I'll give these other candidates a little bit of time to do the right thing and say we will not be party to a rigged primary. And the question is whether or not the Supreme Court can actually overturn this. And I've heard many people say as soon as Donald Trump gets this to the Supreme Court, it is done. Not so fast there, mister. I want to pause just real quick and say I understand there's big news. The Colorado GOP is saying they will cancel the primary if Trump is not on it. And that's massive. They say they will switch to a caucus system, in which case you can't stop Trump anyway. But the question about the Supreme Court, can the Supreme Court intervene in a private organization's state level decision making process? I'm not so sure. I believe there's an argument. The Supreme Court could say that the RNC is acting de facto in the public interest, and therefore it is to be constrained under federal regulation and federal judicial rulings, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I don't know. I'm not so sure. The Republican Party is a private organization that is seeking to find a nominee. This is not a general election. It's not held by the public necessarily. Of course, the states do run the primaries. The federal government may be able to intervene, but there is an argument the Supreme Court may make. This is a state level decision, not a federal election. A private organization is going to be holding a, a primary and whether or not someone is included on the ballot is not a matter of U.S. federal law. It's a matter of Colorado civil law, in which case the Colorado Supreme Court has already ruled. But we'll see. The big news right now is that there may not even be a primary in one of the boldest moves. The Colorado Republican Party just says, then there's no primary. If you do not include Trump, we will cancel. We will switch to a caucus system for which you can't keep Trump off. Caucuses are a bit different. People come in, they sit down and they say who they want. And Donald Trump will likely be the choice in a caucus. So it should be interesting. Now, I want to read the story for you. We've got some developments. Before we get started, my friends, head over to thebestsongever.com. Click the link in the description below. Buy together again our new song by clicking download your price. Type in any amount you want, 69 cents or more. For 69 cents, you can download this song. Help support our cultural endeavors. Help us stand up to build a parallel economy in the music world. But also, you'll get 35% off any coffee purchase at castbrew.com. So check it out. Christmas is around the corner. I don't know, depending on where you are, it might be very difficult to get the coffee for Christmas, but you can still try. Go to castbrew.com, use your promo code from buying the song, and let's say you buy 100 bucks worth of coffee, 35 bucks, clean off. Here's the best part. You buy this song at thebestsongever.com. You help us fight back against woke industries for only 69 cents. That promo code is good for any subscription indefinitely. Let me clarify. You go to you go to you buy the song from the best song ever.com. You get that promo code. You go to castbrew.com. You say, I'd like to subscribe to two bags of coffee every month 
Here's my promo code. You will get that subscription 35% off every single month. Here's the best part. If you cancel your subscription at any time, even if you only you you sign up for a subscription and then you cancel right away, you will have that promo forever. That could that, that means in five years you can be like, oh, yeah, you know, I had a subscription once and I used that code from the song. Let me sign back up 35 percent off. That's what I'm talking about, baby. But let's get back to the news. The best song ever We're trying really, really hard to sell as many as possible. Jeremy Boring, Michael Knowles, Tim Pool, Carter Banks. We'd love to get uh, uh, we'd love to succeed where the music industry is trying to keep us out. So we need your support for that. Let's read from Newsweek. Newsweek reports the Colorado Republican Party may withdraw from the 2024 presidential primary in protest of the state Supreme Court saying Donald Trump is disqualified from running for president again for allegedly engaging in insurrection. My friends, Donald Trump has never been charged with insurrection, let alone convicted. There's no due process here. These people are evil. And we are in for a very, very terrifying 2024. It's starting to come into view. What will happen in 2024 actually has me worried. It's actually igniting conversations among many people about fleeing the country. I'm not kidding. There are many personalities who have already fled the country. Some of you may know who these people are. You may be watching them from afar. Some some big commentators, some smaller commentators, they fled the country already, already. There are questions about what will happen. I have some ideas, and it is deeply worrying what happens in the next several years. Some have argued that this move being made, the long game, is to create a circumstance not unlike the Civil War, in which the end result will be the destruction of the United States borders and the creation of a nation in which anyone on the planet is entitled to its purse, to its resources, to its social programs. What, there's, what the argument is, non-citizens are being given the right to vote. They are, absolutely, in New York, California. Non-citizens are being allowed in the country to the tune of millions. And there are many who are arguing what we will see here is, not unlike slavery, a social shift where after this civil war we may be entering, there is a new amendment that says you will not be denied access to any services, the right to vote or participate in any governmental positions based on citizenship status. Meaning anyone from anywhere in the world has access to the American economy. It would be the end of the United States. Dave Williams, chairman of the Colorado Republican Party, said the state could instead have a caucus instead of an open voting primary process to decide who Colorado picks as the GOP nomination in 2024, following uh, vowing to appeal the ruling. In a major decision on Tuesday, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Trump, the front runner in the primary, is disqualified from running for violating Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which states that a person who engaged in insurrection or rebellion after taking an oath of office to support the Constitution should be barred from running for office again. However, this is not correct. Even CNN has something to say about this. Take a look. The insurrectionist ban does, does apply to Trump, they say. That's a statement from the Supreme Court. The justices broke from the trial judge on one key issue, reversing her controversial decision that the insurrectionist ban applies to every office except the presidency. CNN admits it does not mention the presidency. This is CNN, ladies and gentlemen, telling you right now the 14th Amendment does not mention barring the president. The argument from the Colorado Supreme Court, it's self-evident, self-evident that it does. 
The textual vagueness is why the trial judge kept Trump on the ballot. But the high court disagreed. It seems most likely that the president is not specifically included because it is so evidently an office. That's actually not correct. My friends, we are looking at the face of evil. You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now. Individuals who do not believe in the democratic process are democratic republic. Many of these leftists and liberals will claim, oh, we must protect our democracy. What they're actually telling you is they're fascists. I'm not being cute. They are fascists. They want racial segregation. They march in lockstep with authoritarian measures. They rage on behalf of the machine, and they would remove an individual's name from a ballot to bar the public's choice. That's not democracy at all. They would violate precedents in U.S. courts to take what they want by force. And do you know who I blame most for all of this? I blame law enforcement. The law enforcement individuals who defend and support these measures, the state actors who defend and support these measures, none of it is possible without them. I'm not saying every cop, every federal officer or anything like that. I am saying that there are too many police officers, too many federal agents who say, I agree with you, but I'm just doing my job. We talked about this with Owen Schroyer. Owen mentioned there were guards who said, I know what you're doing and all of your work, but I- I'm just doing my job, man. Yeah, I hope you're listening. You're a scumbag. You are evil. You are the evil we are fighting against. Each and every one of you who has said over and over again to our friends, to our allies, I'm sorry, I'm just doing my job. You epitomize the evil that we are fighting against. You know why? Because none of it is possible without you marching in lockstep behind fascists, psychopaths and abject evil. You do not get to stand side by side with you do not get to stand alongside the devil and then claim you did nothing wrong. Because we'll remember. When Owen Schroyer was going to going to prison. All of these prison guards who said they know him, they like his work, but sorry, they're doing their job. They could have said no, but they chose not to because they, too, are evil. The banality of evil, not malicious, but the banality of evil to serve dark forces and then argue I had no choice is still to serve dark forces. I hope you all remember that. There are people right now who are violating the law of this country, the norms. They are seeking to destroy the fabric of this nation. And there are 
law enforcement officers who know what they're doing is evil. And they say, well, I'm just doing my job. Okay. I I assure you, we will not forget that you did the job facilitating evil, standing alongside, whether you're religious or not, figurative or literal demons. I want to make sure one thing's clear for all of you. I am not just referring to those who would seek to destroy and subvert our elections with this process. I'm referring to the this very system that is seeking to keep Donald Trump off the ballot, this very system that facilitated and protected Jeffrey Epstein. That's who you are in service to when you say, I'm just doing my job. I imagine a world, maybe a bit utopian to imagine, where Owen Schroyer is ordered to prison for the crime of speaking. That's right. Owen Schroyer was on the Capitol grounds, but uh, Infowars had a permit for their for their protest outside the Capitol. Owen Schroyer walked around and said some naughty words. The sentencing guidelines said that his words before, during and after January 6th warranted a lengthy prison sentence. And for this, they sent him to prison for a couple months. But it was evil. Imagine if every officer of the court said, I will not be party to this. Someone else. I won't do it. Not not actively resisting, but just refusing to participate. Imagine if when they said we will be transporting Owen Schroer to your prison, every guard said, find someone else. I will not be party to what you are doing. It would have been incredible. There would have been a major constitutional crisis, a standstill, a jamming of the system where they have no choice but to release him and say, I'm sorry, not a single guard would do the job of imprisoning this man over his speech. Instead, what did we learn from Owen? With smiles on their faces, they said, I'm just doing my job. My paycheck's more important than this country. I will not forget. And I hope everyone else remembers as well, because this is where we are. These people, what they are doing, what they're doing is evil. Vivek Ramaswamy had an amazing post last night talking about how he is vowing to withdraw from the primary and is calling on Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, and Nikki Haley to do the same immediately, or else they are tacitly endorsing this illegal maneuver, which will have disastrous consequences for our country. He's correct. He goes on to mention Free Enterprise Fund v. Public Company Accounting Oversight Board 2010. An officer of the United States is someone appointed by the president to aid him in his duties under Article 2, Section 2. The term does not apply to elected officials and certainly not to the president himself. The 14th Amendment, Section 3, does not apply to the presidency. And it makes sense. When we're talking about reconciliation and reconstruction after the Civil War, we recognize we must allow the states being readmitted to the union to participate in the electoral process for who will be president. We were reconciling. That means if somebody was to run for the office of the presidency, let me let me counter the absurdity. Colorado Supreme Court. They said it's it's obvious they meant the president. Come on. No, it isn't. It's obvious they did not mean to include the president. Why? Because we just ended a civil war. We were stopping now saying no longer will we de- will, will we determine who runs this country based on violence. We all get a chance to say so. Now, you cannot serve in the office. Have you having betrayed your oath? You cannot serve in Congress. Have you betrayed your oath? But if you would like to be president, 
Good luck convincing the northern states that you are deserving of it. That makes tremendous sense. The, the argument being this. When it comes to the election of a member of Congress or the appointment of a senator, that is done without the say so of the northern states. If you would seek to appoint someone to a federal office position as president, that is done without the say so of the northern states. Thus, it is painfully obvious after the Civil War, when they are when, when in the era of Reconstruction, the 14th Amendment did not include the presidency for one simple reason. Anyone who wants to run for the president would have to win an election in a northern state. They need not bar that person from office. New York would be given the choice to vote on whether or not they wanted a former Confederate officer to be president. It's just that simple. But if you were running for Congress, New York had no say in this. And they, no, 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 you can't do that. Senator at the time would be appointed by the state and say, no, 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 no. We have no say. No. But the president was simple. The northern states would get a vote on the president, the same as any southern state. Why bar someone from the presidency if everyone has a, has a chance to say yes or no? It's just that simple. The Colorado Supreme Court is lying manipulating the system in an effort to game the system. And here we are. Vivek Ramaswamy, when he announced his pledge to withdraw, the Colorado Republican Party said you won't have to because we will withdraw from the primary as a party and convert to a pure caucus system if this is allowed to stand. Bravo. Absolutely amazing. I'm not quite sure what will happen in 2024, but things are starting to come into view. We have this article about the four justices in Colorado who voted to seize power in a, in a, in a move akin to psychotic cult-like dictatorships. You want democracy? It's really simple. The Colorado Supreme Court should, should have said, the people of Colorado understand the stakes. We need not remove Trump's name. They get a choice and they can choose what they want. Why do anything else? That's how you know these individuals are evil. 2024 is coming into full view. 2024 is not the, the year that I'm worried about. 2025 is. 2024 will be crazy. 2025 will be destructive. I think no matter what happens. With the flood of mass illegal migration hitting this country, I don't think people understand the severity of what's happening. What do you do with 15 or 16 million non-citizens who have illegally entered the country and have been trafficked by Joe Biden's administration? How do you deal with them? You deport them, right? How do you deport 15, 16 million people? There will be trains, there will be buses, and there will be camps. They're already building camps. In Chicago, they're building migrant camps. Alex Jones called this years ago. It's remarkable. What happens when Donald Trump starts saying, we're going to be loading up these illegal citizens onto trains and sending them back onto planes, trains, automobiles. They're going to say he's Hitler. They will use this as propaganda to recruit psychotic extremists to engage in mass violence. That is my fear. Right now, it is remarkable that we're seeing what we are seeing. But let me stress everything, right? Let me, let me stress this point. 
It could all stop today. Each and every crisis we face could be ended today if good men decided to stop doing nothing. That is to say, in Colorado, you expect me to believe that a state that is 45% Republican, conservative law enforcement, military, police, etc., are liberals? Yeah, sure, maybe in Denver, but in Colorado Springs? Now, I know these police officers don't support the Democrats because the Democrats would defund and remove them. Many of the good cops have quit that I get. But the prison guards, state law enforcement, the local law enforcement, these police officers, they would happily, happily watch the your home burn, burn down. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. They would happily watch your child burn to death before they intervene to do anything about it, so long as it doesn't impact them. I mean that figuratively. Not every single law enforcement officer would do this. And you don't need to do anything at all. That's the amazing thing. Law enforcement need only say, I will not be party to this. Fire me. You won't even get fired. That's the amazing thing. You know, police like to do things called sick outs where they just call in sick. All I'm saying is that if someone comes to you as a law enforcement officer and says, how would you like to do something unconstitutional or illegal? You need only say, no. It's unfortunate, however. During the lockdowns, there was a gym, Attilus Gym in New Jersey. It was only a few miles away from where we lived at the time. The local police refused to be party to shutting down this business, and they said, we won't do it. So what did they do? They called in outside police forces who, with smiles on their faces, said, as long as it doesn't affect us, we will destroy you. Those men are evil. The police officers who facilitated the closure of Attila's gym, that is malicious evil. It's not even the banality of evil. If the local police officers engaged in it and said, I'm sorry, they're telling me I have to do it. That's the banality of evil. That is the commonplace actions where individuals just said, look, you know, I don't agree with it, but this is what I have to do. When you come from an outside jurisdiction by choice and choose to engage in evil, you are demons. I mean that figuratively. You are in service of the devil, again, figuratively. 
Although I will stress there are many people who believe they believe it literally. Dark forces, agents of chaos and evil, they're all around us. There is a simple solution to all of this, my friends. There really is. And Donald Trump is showing you what that solution is. I, 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 I ask that if you believe we are on the right path, if you believe that what we fight for is noble and just, you need only keep the smile on your face, refuse to participate in evil or unconstitutional actions, make money for yourself, for your family, homeschool your kids, support cultural endeavors from the parallel economy, download Public Square. It's an app. It'll show you businesses that agree with your values. Support them. Watch movies from the Daily Wire. Join Mug Club. Become a member at TimCast.com. Download our song at TheBestSongEver.com. I genuinely mean this. Donald Trump is giving you a path forward. And what the machine and the evil want, they want you to act a fool. Well, don't. Donald Trump is saying, show up en masse and vote and overwhelm them so they cannot deny it. That is the path forward. And, you know, people say, yeah, but Tim, they're rigging the election. They're doing all of these things. That's right. And there are people who are fighting back in the way we must. The Colorado GOP says, then we'll shut the whole thing down. We won't even have a primary. What they want, what the evil people want is for you to give them examples of violence and chaos. Don't do it. That's not who we are. Even Trump said on January 6th, remain peaceful. We support the law. We do. We cannot engage in evil to try and prove why evil is wrong. Right now, we may be facing one of the deepest and darkest trials. And the question is, do you have what it takes to stand firm in the face of evil? Donald Trump is giving you that path forward. You need only register people to vote. With a smile on your face, campaign for Trump, knock on doors, and then come next year, vote for him. That is the path forward. Perhaps the path will change in 2025. I don't know. There's no reason right now to speculate. Right now, the only thing you need to do is maintain our cultural victories. Boycott companies that hate your values, support companies that do, support cultural endeavors from those in the parallel economy, and convert many friends and family members. Explain to them the truth. Show them real news. Show them the Constitution. Because Trump is winning in the polls. That's why they're doing this. They're desperate. The path forward is simple. We stay the course. We reject those who would try and subvert the will of the people. But we do so peacefully, calmly, and through the system that we built, that we know is superior. And do not let them try to distract you or convince you of anything else. The founding fathers laid forth this system because they knew it was resilient. It is, in fact, these forces, these evil individuals who want to destroy our Constitution and our procedures, our policies, our platforms. And that would mean violence. But there's a reason why the founding fathers built a system where we get to vote. And they are trying to destroy it. Don't prove them right. What we need to do right now is redouble our efforts to register more voters, to support those who support us, to stand firm and refuse to be party to evil actions. And vote for Donald Trump, vote for populist candidates who are going to push back. It's not just about Trump. There are state level politicians. There are members of Congress and the Senate you can vote for. 
who believe in this path forward. The last thing we want is a conflict. I suppose we can only wait and see because it is getting dire. But we do have a system laid before us that is resilient and is the best system ever devised. I'm not saying it's perfect, but so far it's the best. Let's maintain that system. A civil war would give the far left exactly what they want. A chance to destroy our Constitution. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I think it's become painfully obvious that the Democrats and the Biden administration are intentionally bringing people into this country for the purpose of destroying it. I think it's fair to say we know that NGOs and Democrat-aligned political groups have been bringing people into this country illegally and intentionally for some time. But it seems now that the purpose is literally to destroy this country. We are seeing this front page report from the New York Post. Surrender. Biden orders border agents to let migrants in with no tracking conditions. And, uh, no country can survive that. There's a reason why we have laws. There's a reason why we, uh, we have regulations. There's a reason why you can't just build any factor you want and produce any chemical you want unless you go through a permitting process or some regulatory agency. Now, I can hear all the liberal libertarians squealing and screaming at that idea. I didn't say it was good. I said there was a reason. And I firmly believe that there are good regulations. Certainly, I think the regulations and the system that we have in place right now is not working. That's fair. Perhaps it should be a lot lighter. The New York Post making it painfully obvious the next asylum court date is 2035. The reason why we have restrictions and regulations on migration is because we don't want to undercut, overwhelm or destroy the economic system in this country. We want to make sure that people can find jobs, they can thrive, they can succeed and lead good lives. More importantly, we want them to integrate into our culture and our system. What's happening here with this massive influx of non-citizens from all over the world is the destruction of the American system, policy, procedure, and culture. And I believe that's why the New York Post says surrender. And I think this is a lot to do with Donald Trump's inevitable victory. It seems like there's several plans in place. And it makes sense that there are several plans in place. I mean, I don't think that there's a unified cabal controlling everything. Certainly, there are powerful interest groups with great power at the top, for sure. But there's many different political groups acting autonomously, and they all have the intention of, I'd say, destroying this country. In Colorado, Donald Trump was removed from the ballot. They're saying he's ineligible. Now, there's some nonsense talking point about how it was stayed until January 4th. So what does that even mean? Of course, it's stayed. It only matters on January 5th. 90 days before the actual primary. If Trump can't get this resolved in some way before then, that's when it would go into effect. That's when it matters. When I see this story about the unchecked immigration, and we have an exclusive video from Tenant Media's from Taylor Hansen showing this insane influx of migrants in Eagle Pass. It seems like Joe Biden and the Democrats know we're done. We're out. So let's burn it all down. They're going to create such a crisis for Donald Trump and for the American people that it will be hard to prioritize going after the criminals who have tried to destroy this country. 15 to 16 million. 
I don't know how how Donald Trump or the United States can handle that. Now, let's read this story, and I want to show you uh, uh, an official, an exclusive report on the ground so you can see just how bad it really is. We have this from Tenet Media's Taylor Hansen. Before we get started, head over to TimCast Music on YouTube. We just put up the lyric video to Together Again, and you can check it out. It's doing pretty well, but more importantly, subscribe to TimCast Music on YouTube. We're at 71,800 subscribers. We're probably going to break 100K, and they're going to give us our nice little silver plaque and all the whinging leftists who are like, no, we hate that Tim Pool makes stuff. Cry more, dude. I don't expect every single person in the world who follows my politics to care about my music. And I got way less subscribers on the music channel. But the people who like it will subscribe. The people who like skateboarding will follow our skateboarding channel. And y'all can like whatever it is you like. Maybe you're a fan of uh, Mexican restaurants and so your, your buddy wants to get cheeseburgers instead. Well, every so often, you know, say, OK, I'll go get a cheeseburger with you. How about that? Subscribe to TimCast Music. Head over to thebestsongever.com. Buy the song. It's only 69 cents. Click download at your price. Support our work. Let's see Together Again hit billboard charts because that would put not only TimCast Music on the charts once again, it'll put Smokey Mike and the God King up on billboard as well. We're having a good time with this. I want to first jump to this video from Taylor Hansen to show you exactly how bad it is. He tweets, exclusive inside makeshift migrant apprehension site in Eagle Pass. Thousands of illegal migrants have been sleeping here as they wait to be apprehended and processed. Some have been here for over 24 hours. In all my years of reporting, I've never seen anything like this. Take a look and we'll play this video as we see Taylor actually walk around and give us the on the ground view of just how bad things really are. Taylor Hansen here with Tenant Media. Right now I am directly in the area where they are all waiting processing you have over a thousand migrants here it's about i would say 5 30 a.m in the morning but let me take you through a quick little walkthrough real quick recession and inflation are here gas housing and everyday goods are up way up and you want to be ready for any situation so what would you do if there's no food on the shelf arc heirloom seeds are here to help did you know 99 of seeds sold today can't reproduce with heirloom seeds you only have to plant once then you can grow year after year giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food this premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. We'll jump ahead as he's walking through. You can see. I mean, just take a look around the sheer amount of people here. You easily have a thousand people. Um, Border Patrol is actually heading a few miles down and picking these migrants up down the street. Instead of making them walk, they're giving them rides into this little area while they're awaiting processing. It's not just about that. Many of these are awaiting processing, but the reality is, according to the New York Post, no conditions. None. Joe Biden has just said, open the floodgates. Why? It's the fourth quarter. This country is being ripped apart and destroyed. Roseanne, you know, she joked with Michael Malice. Well, I don't know that she joked, but she made a bet there wouldn't be an election. 
Well, Michael Malice will be joining us tonight. We'll make sure to order some Papa John's for him because he's always he, he's, he likes ordering Papa John's or whatever. But uh, we'll have that conversation about whether he thinks there will actually be an election this time around. The argument we made was that what does it mean for there to be no election? Does it mean that we all just don't go vote and it's a canceled? Or does it mean that no one will believe an actual election happens because the true tr choice of the people, Donald Trump, would be removed from the ballot, which is happening? Record 12,600 migrants encountered at border in 24 hours as backlog for immigration hearings breaks 3 million. They're evil people. They're evil. The end result, or I, I believe that um, a possible end result of the coming conflict in this country. I, uh, look, guys, let me ask you a question. Honest question. Because I know that civil war is a meme and everyone's even laughing now being ha 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 drink. Now let's get serious for a second. There's a reason why I talk about it. There's a reason why the story was written in the first place and I picked that story up. I, I ask you this legitimately. How does this country move forward when the Democrats have just shattered the borders? If you don't have a border, you have no country. That's not even that's not even a question. That is a, a fact of the definition. A country is defined as a, a jurisdiction of a nation with its borders clearly outlined. There's interesting, it, we, we, I talked about this a while ago, the definition of nation and country, they're different. Nation is typically uh, referring to the body of the people, and the country is the defined borders of a nation. And the reason why nation and, and country is different is because you can have uh, disputed borders of a country and you can have uh, uh, elements of a nation spilling out to other areas through war and conflict. But country is the jurisdiction where the laws are enforced. And of course, you can argue the definitions do are used interchangeably. How can there be a country when non-citizens are granted the right to vote already in numerous jurisdictions? I'm not, I'm, it's not an exaggeration. In many urban Democrat run cities, they have already granted non-citizens the right to vote. How does this country survive? Someone's paying for it. I believe that Joe Biden, Democratic establishment in Washington right now in the federal government are trying to burn the country down. It's effectively like destroying the evidence. They know that their lives will get worse, so they will destroy yours and the future of your children and your family for their political goals and to protect their assets they stole. That's where we're headed. There's no explanation for why they're doing this. I mean, people try to make arguments as as to, you know, net migration changes, but the end result will be civil war and it will be the destruction of this country. That's it. I'm sorry. Make jokes you want all about civil war all day and night. That's it. Let me explain to you what's happening. First, let me give you some information here. They say 12,600 migrants in one day. The numbers have reached the highest ever recorded since the end of Title 42. In August, we saw more than 304,000 migrants attempt to gain entry. It increased in September to 341,000. October was 310,000. Border resources are stretched so thin Road and rail crossings have been closed so all available officers can be diverted to processing the arriving migrants. Yeah, hold on there a minute. Why is it then the federal government was removing the border barriers? Because they're intentionally making this happen. Now, perhaps there's an explanation from SCNR.com. 
New census data shows migration could cost Democrat majority states numerous congressional seats. Four southern states accounted for 93 percent of the U.S. population growth last year. Population trends highlighted in data released this week by the U.S. Census Bureau show large migration shifts to southern, mostly Republican led states, which could give the GOP an advantage in Congress. Could. It would. Now, I don't know if Scanner, I don't believe they have the image pulled up, but maybe we can. Uh, let me see if we can we can pull this this uh, image up. They have a great map. Actually showing the breakdown of where uh, actually here's the charts. The 10 most populous states in 2023, California, Texas, Florida, New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Ohio, Georgia, North Carolina, Michigan. The top 10 states by growth, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Arizona, Virginia, Colorado, Utah. I think we get where this is going and why it is. What we saw in 2020 was a mass migration of American citizens to red areas, namely Florida and Texas outside of New York. Now they're they're flooding this country and many of these people are going to places like New York and Chicago. Why would that be? To inflate their population base, effectively destroying the country. You see, when Americans vote on what they want, that's the way the country is supposed to work. The Americans have their have their voices heard, though not very loudly I might add. Typically, laws are put in place by the wealthiest. But if many Americans fled Democrat run cities and went to Republican controlled areas and inflated the number of congressional seats in these areas, it diluted Democrat voting power. Well, well, that's what the American people wanted. The mass migration into Florida from California, New York or into Texas proves this point. So the Democrats decide we will flood this country with non-citizens who have no allegiance, who don't care of our culture, and we'll send them to Chicago. We'll send them to New York. We'll send them all over the country. Now, I know Greg Abbott has been sending people out of Texas, and that's why we've complained about it in the past, that all they do by sending the migrants deeper into the country is exacerbate the problem. And that's why I say civil war. Texas does not care about the rest of the United States. They prioritize Texas first. I suppose they should. But this means that when these mass this mass migration happens into Eagle Pass, for instance, Texas says, you know what? The rest of you deal with it. And they give the Democrats exactly what they want. But what's the end result of this? When when it finally hits the fan, Texas just says, you know what? Secession. In that new movie that's coming out, Civil War, they show there are northern Republican states and southern Republican states that have seceded from the Union. There's a band of states going across the middle of the Midwest called the Loyalist states. So New England and much of the Midwest find themselves aligned with the traditional United States. The Florida Alliance is the old southern states. The Western forces are the northern conservative states. California and Texas have seceded into their own republics. That actually really makes sense. Texas was, was asked when they were trying to join the union, or when they were invited into the union, they were asked, would you like to enter as five different states because you're so large? And Texas said, no, 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 we'll stay Texas. And they did. Now, some of the land was lost in the long run. I think Texas used to stretch a bit further north. California wants to seat as well, but California is certainly large enough to be three to five states itself. Thus, they just become their own republics. 
It makes sense. Southern states are sick of the immigration crisis, will eventually assert themselves over federal law. The argument about why Texas won't actually deport these people is that they don't have the authority to deport. Texas can't send people into Mexico. Texas cannot engage in negotiations with foreign nations. Only the federal government can. Texas recently made it illegal to enter their state without without proper processing or documentation, thus giving them more authority to arrest and detain people. I still don't know that they can deport. Now, if Texas does secede for some reason, which I don't see happening anytime soon, to be completely honest, then they can. And there will be negotiations between a variety of uh, jurisdictions and, and bodies in this country. It seems like a real possibility, I have to be honest. The more and more I see this happening, I don't know how you get anything else. In this story from the Daily Mail, furious Chicago resident rips into Mayor Brandon Johnson for throwing open the door to thousands of migrants and letting down black communities. You voted for him. And therein lies the big problem. Not even in these cities are they happy with what's going on. This country cannot survive this way. I'm sorry, it just can't. The response from the corporate press, Trump repeats anti-immigrant tirade, denies reading Hitler. He says, I never read Mein Kampf, Trump told a crowd in Iowa, because they're saying he used the, the phrase poisoning the blood, which is similar to what Hitler said in Mein Kampf, that the blood was being poisoned. Whatever. Analogies are stupid. Like, oh, two guys use analogies, therefore their ideology is saying, get out of here. Here's, here's, here's what I see. If you look at history, you can see how war ultimately results in massive cultural and societal changes. Often. I mean, it's, it's inevitable that a war would do that. So what I see happening is Donald Trump wins. Donald Trump begins to remove illegal immigrants from this country. You'll end up with a mass movement from the left because they're psychotic, zealous cultists arguing that it's a new Holocaust or genocide. Trump, of course, will have to start putting these migrants on trains and buses, and they're already being held in camps, not made by Trump, mind you. Chicago's talking about building camps right now. So Trump will take office with all of these migrants, not all of them, but many of them in camps. He will set he'll create a task force to start arresting illegal immigrants, people who broke the laws of this country, and he'll start deporting them. Resources will be strained and the left will argue it is the same as the Holocaust or something akin to it. If this results in mass conflict and war in the coming years. If the left is able to win, the United States will cease to exist. That's the end goal. No constitution. No borders, no laws. It will be the start of the global citizenry. The United States is already inching towards the point where as a, as a non-citizen, not only do you have your fundamental rights protected, now that I agree, I agree with, but they're saying you get access to services, the public coffers, special access, and even the right to vote. What happens then? Well, anyone from anywhere can just come to the United States, move in, live wherever they want to live and do whatever they want. It is the beginning of global governance. It's an interesting thought. The United States effectively has no borders. Anyone can just come and do whatever they want. You'll see mass slums and the destruction of communities. You will see effectively a no man's land. 
I mean, it's literally what it would be. People in the suburbs will build walls around their communities and have their own armed police forces. It will granularize everything, digitize. But there will be an overarching global authority. What was once the United States will now be the global authority. Other countries will maintain their borders and security, of course. In the United States, communities will start to expand and do much the same thing. But this will sever off the United States as some kind of other force that will exert itself over other countries, as it already does. You want to go to Mexico? Well, there's a border checkpoint. Mexico, uh, Mexicans want to come here, walk right in, live wherever they want to live, do whatever they want. There will be no United States. There will just be the international territories of Earth. And as more and more are conquered and forced into it, that's the future I see. I don't know that's a guarantee. It's a possibility. I don't know how it would work, but it'll be gradual. It'll, it'll happen gradually, then suddenly. The gradually is now. If a war or conflict emerges and American patriots lose, there will no longer be a United States. Imagine a, a, a world map with all these countries and where the United States is, nothing. Just warring bands, warring factions, and an overarching authority that refers to itself as the United States of America. But there's no border checkpoints, no security, just conflict, crisis, and a massive military apparatus that exists internationally. It's almost like the military industrial complex wants to use this opportunity to decouple itself from the American people and exist as the global authority. And it could, depending on what other countries do. But your home, your lands, your values, your traditions will be destroyed in this. And the end result will be something like a cultural revolution. Already, when they're saying 15 to 16 million, between 8 and 16, depending on your, who, you're, who you're reading. Yeah, this country has 330 million or so people in it. They're talking about adding 5% of the population just being dropped and dumped into it. I'm sorry. That is just not mathematically possible to maintain. Food, jobs, the economy, it'll collapse. Your wealth, everything around you will be destroyed. It's not just that the United States will cease to exist. It's that what your, what your ancestors built for you, gone. The future for your children, gone. You're gone. You will have no wealth. You will have nothing. And isn't that the end result? You will have nothing. You will own nothing. But you'll be happy. It's a potentiality. I don't know exactly how it will play out. But this is what seems to be a strong possibility. Much like slavery after the war, it's done and they abolish it. I have a feeling they'll try and play a similar game with immigration. They will say after this coming conflict that it was a violation of human rights to bar a human being from having access to work. And I think it's funny because, you know, there's a lot of libertarians that believe there shouldn't be any borders. The only problem is there won't be borders, but there will be an authoritarian global military regime that will put its boot on, on your neck. So you're not going to get what you want. Only the destruction of what could have stopped it. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. These are dark days indeed, my friend. Dark days indeed. With the story about the invasion on the southern border, with Donald Trump's name being removed from the ballot. It's scary. What's going to happen next year? I don't know. But where we live, we're in the D.C. area, 
We're in the tri-state of Maryland, Virginia, and West Virginia. We don't live in Virginia, but Loudoun County, which many of you are familiar with, is Stone's Throw. 30 seconds by car, and you are in Loudoun County if you are here at uh, the Timcast Studios. So we, act, we, we do uh, a lot of work in, uh, in and around all these states, and there's one thing we see all the time everywhere. It's these signs for this dude, Hung Kao, a Republican who was running for the Senate in Virginia, and Virginia desperately needs a guy like this. So I see this video in the morning that's going viral from Hung, who breaks down why you got to vote for Trump. And I think it's masterfully said. I think said well enough that it warrants a, 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 a segment discussing uh, what he has to say. I'll tell you why. You guys know that foreign policy is one of my biggest things. This is a guy with 32 years of experience in the Navy. And he breaks it down perfectly. Joe Biden is gutting and destroying this country. I'll be a little bit more over the top than he probably will. But he put out this tweet just the other day with the breaking news, tweeting, disqualifying the front runner to protect the incumbent is the kind of thing I've seen in third world countries. I never thought I would see it here in America. I'm endorsing real Donald Trump for president. Watch my video below. Let me play this video for you. And then we'll talk about uh, this message on foreign policy, where the U.S. is headed. But I believe a beacon of hope. I really do. Let's hear it from Hung himself. And we'll get the, uh, you know, I always do it. Here we go. Uh, I deserve it. Here we go. Here we go. All right. I got it. I'm Hung Kao, retired Navy captain and candidate for U.S. Senate. This presidential election will see the last two presidents running against each other. The choice is clearer than ever. So let's do what any logical person would do. Evaluate the record of each man when he was in office. That's basic common sense. In 2016, when I reported to the Pentagon, I was counting every bomb, every missile, and every torpedo for an imminent war with North Korea. Then Donald Trump was elected, and he pulled us back from the brink. We had peace. Under his watch, Afghanistan was stable. I know because I returned from my final deployment in Afghanistan on January 5th, 2021. But then Joe Biden entered the White House, and months later we had a disastrous withdrawal. 11 Marines, one sailor, and one soldier were murdered. Americans were left behind. Allies were abandoned. Today, we have wars in Europe and the Middle East. China is ready to invade Taiwan. With Joe Biden in the White House, the world is burning. Under President Trump, it was our economy that was on fire. Life was more affordable. You could buy a house. Groceries were cheaper. We were energy independent and our border was secure. Under Joe Biden, 8 million illegal immigrants have poured into our country. That's the population of the Commonwealth of Virginia. So I ask you this, in 20 years, when you're explaining to your grandkids what happened, will you tell them you voted to make America safer and stronger? Or you tell them you voted for Joe Biden, even though he wrecked our country because you were offended by a mean tweet. Will they even know what a tweet was? Ah. For my grandkids and yours, I'm voting for Donald Trump. I'm voting for America. It's basic common sense. I'm Hung Kao and I approve this message. He absolutely nailed the very end of this. So I got to give a shout out. I saw this video and I'm like, let's go. Let's talk about this. He says, he says everything that we say, right? He, 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 he gets it. I don't live in Virginia. I'm not going to be voting for this guy. I'm just, 
You know, we see these signs all over the place for this guy. And uh, this was retweeted in my timeline from a bunch of Trump supporters. And I really got to break it down. First, as I often say, man, I think military experience is one of the for me, it's like a prerequisite. Uh, I don't mean that literally, but you get you you put two guys uh, uh, up on stage and that military service means a lot more to me than than almost anything else. Doesn't mean you're guaranteed a vote, though. So mad respect for Tulsi Gabbard. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to support her. You know, one of the few politicians who was actively serving. I respect that tremendously. 32 years of experience. And he confirms all of my biases. And that's why I'm really excited to do a segment about it. And that's I, look, I'll be completely honest with you. I'm sitting here talking about how I go and have, uh, you know what? Let's do this. I'm in Hard Rock Cafe, not cafe, casino, Hard Rock Casino in Florida. We're down there. I was uh, hanging out with the PBD guys, uh, Patrick Bad David. Good, good dudes, by the way. And so we go to Hard Rock Seminole to play some poker. And I'm sitting there and a conversation pops up jokingly about politics. And then I got this guy to my right and this lady to my left. The guy across the table makes a comment about Trump. Guy to my right goes, this guy right here voted for him. I think he knew I was or whatever. It's been a while. And the guy at the end of the table says, no, you didn't. And I said, yeah, I did. (laughs) I'll vote for him again. And he goes, why? And I said, simple reason. I mean, foreign policy. We're on the brink of war with North Korea. Donald Trump crosses the demilitarized zone with no security, putting his life at risk in the name of peace. And the guy goes, no, he didn't. Said, yes, he did. There's a video of it. You can watch the video of it. He says, no, he did. He gets up and leaves. That, that matters to me. I'm biased here. When Donald Trump crossed the demilitarized zone from South Korea into North Korea with no security detail, they could have done so much to him. But Trump is smart. Trump is strong and he gets it. They're not going to do anything. The North Koreans aren't going to kidnap the president of the United States, and Trump knows it. And so while the risk was there for sure, he need not worry. He made that move. And I was tearing up seeing a, a U.S. president make that move. A country of warmongers. Hung nailed it, but he experienced it. So when I talk about how deeply that that matters to me, you know, because I, I, maybe it's because I have family. My it was my great grandfather, I believe, is from a city that is now in North Korea. I hear these things. They, they matter. You know, we have our ties to our cultural and ancestral heritage. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm, you know, ready to go practice, you know, ancient Korean religion or anything like that. I've learned a lot from the country. I've been to the country and I think it's fantastic to explore your roots. But it, but it matters to me that an American president for seemingly the first time in my lifetime put his own neck on the line. And then along comes this guy right here and he makes a video where he's like, I was actually in the Navy. We were counting the bombs. We were ready to go to war and Trump stopped it all. I'm like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for confirming my bias. But maybe it's not that I'm confirming my bias or he is. Maybe it's that we're right. Donald Trump was working towards peace. He even mentions Afghanistan was stable when he left and he knows he was there. Tremendous respect. So I hear you, man. Shout out to, to, to Hung Kao. For, 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 for all of that. Because foreign policy is one of the biggest issues that, that, I, that, I, that, you know, mat- that matters to me. You know, we can talk about 
A lot of people say, I don't care about foreign policy. I care about domestic policy. Yeah, but foreign policy is domestic policy because your tax dollars are being stolen. Your buying power is being stripped from you and it's being used to fund a hundred plus billion dollars in Ukraine, the collapse and waste of time in Iraq and Afghanistan and escalating war and conflict all across the world, namely Eastern Europe and the Middle East right now and potentially in Venezuela. The crisis and conflict and war in Ukraine was bubbling up under Barack Obama. Donald Trump gets elected. It stops. ISIS is crushed. Now, Trump's not perfect. The, the Tomahawk missile firing in Syria, not a good move. Yemen, uh, uh, raids in Yemen, not a fan. Working with the Saudis on their conflict, not a fan. But no new wars. No new wars. And that matters. I want to make this video a message of hope because I just did two segments like screaming the end is nigh. We've got good people standing by saying, put your voice behind me and we will win. That was the message of uh, uh, my first segment at the end saying Trump is standing right there saying at a rally, all I need you to do is show up, have your friends show up and overwhelm the election. That means just vote. That's what he needs. They need instability and chaos. Trump needs order and support. But it's not just Donald Trump, as I've mentioned over and over again. You've got we had Joe Kent last night. You've got state level reps and senators. You've got city level positions. You've got Congress, the Senate and the presidency. And you need to encourage people to register to vote and to vote. Tell all your friends, guys, we're going to go vote. I think Election Day should be a holiday. And maybe it benefits Democrats. Don't care. I think it should be. And I think after you and all your buddies and your friends and your family go vote, you have a party, you have a dinner and everyone talks. That's what I think we need. So I, I love this video. I love this video. Uh, uh, and, and again, you know, we're in the Virginia. We're, we're in the Virginia area. We, we do. Mo our business is West Virginia. We have some operation out of Maryland. We don't really do much in Virginia, but um, we're in Virginia all the time. And so this dude's got signs everywhere. And this is a message that I think needs to be heard because I can sit up here. I can bring on anti-war voices and we can talk about how Donald Trump, I, you know, what I love the most is the libertarians who come on. They're like, well, well, Donald Trump did this bad thing and he did this and there's the, the raids and the drone strikes and he obfuscated the drone strike numbers. And I'm sitting there with a smirk on my face. I'm like, I, I, I believe. Yes, you're correct. I agree with you on all of that. No new wars. And they're like, mm, yeah. You're right. <laughs> Shout out to Dave Smith, because even Dave Smith was like, I know, man, like you can't. What is it? You can't have the perfect be the enemy of the good or whatever that saying is like. You cannot stare at an opportunity to advance our values. Supporting this country, securing our borders, working on our economy and ending the foreign conflicts and bringing stability. These are things we must do. And then you get mad that Trump was not perfect. Yeah, of course he's not. He's far from perfect. But no new wars. The moment Joe Biden got in, we knew exactly what was going to happen. War, 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 war. Everyone said it. We all said it. We said it 500 million times. And then we get war. Now I got war in the Middle East again. Now we've got a war in Eastern Europe, potentially South America. Man. Take what you can get, dude. So anyway, look. I want to give you some 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 hope. And I know it's just one guy. 
I'm, I'm biased here because we do. I like I saw this. I see the, the hung cow signs like everywhere. Like people really love this guy. And then someone retweets this video. First thing I see when I wake up and it's just confirmation bias for me. And I'm like, let's talk about war and conflict. Shout out. Uh, I hope hung wins in, in Virginia because Virginia has basically become like a blue nightmare. And uh, he's actually I think I think. Um, what does he say on his profile? His profile, I think, says, yeah, Purcellville, Virginia. So that's like right there. It's like uh, uh, right down the street from us. And, uh, you know, shout out, man. Uh, respect. I really appreciate the uh, military service. I really appreciate the sentiment and the statement. And, you know, I just wanted to wanted to bring something a bit more hopeful because we're looking at really dark days, man, really dark days. But there are good people that are fighting the good fight. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Mark Zuckerberg is turning an idyllic corner of Hawaii into a Bond villain compound where his family can see out the apocalypse. Um, Forgive me, my friends. Just give me a few seconds here. I don't want to set the world on fire. I love this song. Uh, so how many, <laughs> how many of you get the reference? I assume many of you do if you're uh, around the same age as me. But for those that don't, because we don't want to leave you out of the joke, this is the song from the opening of Fallout 3. Man, Fallout 3, as far as video games go, is a masterpiece. It starts with this radio turning on. This song, I don't want to set the world on fire, starts playing. And as the camera slowly pans out, you get to see very lightly, gradually, and then suddenly, the post-apocalyptic wasteland of Washington, D.C. Mark Zuckerberg gets it, but it's not just him. We know that many ultra-rich have been building apocalypse bunkers, but now the big news is that Mark Zuckerberg is spending 212 million pounds on an emergency compound with blast doors on the island of Kauai. Is that how you pronounce it? Kauai? 10 miles from the home of former 007 Pierce Brosnan. You know, I wouldn't go for the uh, Bond villain complex narrative because we're talking about post-apocalyptic. But they're trying to argue that, like, look, James Bond lived here and now Mark Zuckerberg's building a Bond villain compound. Eh, It's not a Bond villain compound. It's just a very wealthy guy who's spending nearly a quarter of a billion dollars because uh, fears about what's to come in the years ahead. I've long thought about emergency bunkers, and uh, truth be told, my friends, we have our our emergency preparations. Ain't nothing like this. But, uh, you know, our friends over at Fortitude Ranch, I invested in it, and, uh, 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 you know, we had them on the show a couple times, uh, several times, I think three or four, actually, different times. Fortitude Ranch has been on uh, Timcast IRL, and they do disaster preparedness, but I'm a practical guy. You know, so the reason why I invested and the reason why I thought Fortitude Ranch was cool is because practically speaking, it's like a dude's retreat. If you're if you're, you know, a man's man, kind of manly camping kind of guy, country guy, then Fortitude Ranch is where you go to sit in the lodge, watch movies, chop some wood. You know, there's chickens and you go hike. It's 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 just an outdoors adventure kind of thing. But, you know, it does serve as an emergency bunker should the apocalypse occur. But here's what's going on with Mark Zuckerberg. They say uh, that while the star of GoldenEye, blah, 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 can sometimes be seen cycling, blah, blah, blah. 
There's nothing subtle about Silicon Valley billionaires' efforts to turn a turn 1,400 acres of unspoilt coast into a home where he and their family can set out the apocalypse. In doing so, critics say he has ridden roughshod over ancient indigenous property rights and indulged a paranoid passion for privacy that looks deeply hi- hypocritical from the man who's made his fortune from monetizing other people's private information. Yeah, yeah, whatever, man. Look, I'm critici- criticized the guy. I get it. In choosing this spectacularly beautiful north coast of Kauai, the oldest, least developed, and most westerly of Hawaii's main islands, he has chosen what many regard as a paradise within a paradise. Nicknamed the Garden Isle because it's covered in tropical rainforest, Kauai's highlight is the jaw-dropping Napali coast of the north, where towering cliffs plunge into an azure sea. It's no surprise the coast has been used in dozens of films, blah, 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 blah. We get it, man. At the center are two mansions with a total floor area of 55,000 square feet, similar to that of an American football pitch. The two houses boast lifts, offices, conference rooms, and industrial-sized kitchens. Another building will feature a full-size gym, pool, sauna, hot tub, cold plunge, pool, and tennis court. My, my. It looks like he's going to be building an underground tunnel running between the two mansions and branch off into a 5,000 square foot underground bunker. 5,000 square feet is a good size for an underground bunker. This includes living and sleeping space, a mechanical equipment room, and an escape hatch that can be accessed via a ladder. The shelter's main door will be built from metal and filled with concrete, a common anti-blast design that's used in military-grade bunkers and bomb shelters. The level of security around the compound is said to be unparalleled, including an extensive network of centrally controlled surveillance cameras and many interior doors operated by keypad. Well, Mark, you do your thing. I've thought about this. I recommend the video game Horizon Zero Dawn. If you don't play it, just read or watch a video about the lore. And it's masterfully written, masterfully. A little woke in the later and second game, uh, Forbidden West. But um, the story in this game is that a military uh, manufacturer, weapons manufacturer, produces autonomous uh, military drones with weapons. But they have the ability to self-replicate. Now, it's not magical stuff. They don't like split or anything. No, it's just there's very large ones that operate as factories. And the drones collect resources and use it to manufacture more drones. The science, or I should say fantasy magic in the, in the game, is that these drones have the ability to convert biomass into fuel. It's not completely science fiction, but it's fairly science fiction because in the game, they just like fire a beam at a tree and all the leaves turn to red mush and then get sucked up. Yeah, okay, well, that's a little out there. But the idea that they could harvest biomass and then ferment it into various fuels they can use, plausible. You would need something that can manipulate, fine tune, and blah, blah, blah. You get the point. Making chips is a lot harder. But in the game, the drones grow out of control. They can't crack the encryption. And eventually, they, they turn Earth into a barren rock with no biomass. A terraforming project happens, reignites the planet, rebuilds and re-terraforms after the machines have been shut down. In the game, there are numerous bunkers that people survive in. And I know it's all fiction, but it's, an, it's a great exploration of what it would be like. It would be hell. And I, I look at these photos of these emergency bunkers. Here's one. Awesome abandoned bunkers for sale. And I look at this one and I see the, the sterile environment. And you'd, you'd, you'd have to live underground in the event of like a nuclear apocalypse or some kind of, I don't know, war. Now, according to the actual sales, the point is to be in a rural area 
where you could go underground to survive initial catastrophe and then go above ground. I don't think they're expecting, you know, the earth to become a barren rock or anything like that. But depending on how long you'd have to live in one of these bunkers, man, it's almost just not even living. And then the question is, what do you do? Do you just die? No, you fight to survive. It doesn't sound fun. I don't know if it uh, sounds like living. But it is fascinating to have these. I mean, video games are fun. I mean, they're fictional explorations of what would happen. And they have these diaries in, in Zero Dawn where people are, you know, their video diaries recording, talking about what it's like and what they're going through. And it is. It is horrifying. Fallout 3 is much the same way. These vaults are built. People live underground for hundreds of years. Some don't make it that long. And, you know, I guess it is what it is. It is what it is. What would you have of Mark Zuckerberg? I mean, the dude's worth billions. He's just sitting on money. Why not? When I was younger, I always wondered to myself why it was that the ultra rich bought these big mansions and these cars. I'm like, it's so stupid. And to be fair, I still hold a great deal of that ethos. I do think it is stupid, but I understand a little bit better. It's investment. Mark Zuckerberg's got billions of dollars. What's he going to do is just sit on cash. He's got to do something with it. And so he builds this bunker, I guess. Why not? Now, I don't think he'll ever sell the thing. If he does, he'll sell at a tremendous loss. But there's very few potential buyers for a 212 million pound bunker. I mean, they're doing it British pounds. So let's just say $250 million bunker. Only a small handful of people would ever consider buying it. And if he sold it, he'd probably have to sell it for way cheaper. 50 million, maybe. And then someone might consider buying it. But I don't even know about that. It's far away. It's isolated. You know, but maybe they want the bunker. Fine. What else is he going to do? Now, for me, you know, we've been quite successful here at Timcast. I still do hold a great deal of that ethos. What's the point of buying a bunker and buying cars and mansions? Yeah, I still do have, you know, my house, houses and my vehicles. But uh, almost all the money I spend is just on winning the culture war. I'll tell you why. Mark, I don't think I'd want to live in an emergency bunker like that where I'm locked underground. Maybe you're far away in Hawaii. You're isolated from all the chaos and the crisis and you can survive. I kind of like humans. Yeah, I know everyone really jokes about how they don't like people, but I actually really do like people. We want we want to prove ourselves to others. We want to be around others. We want to communicate with others. We want to share our ideas. We are social beings. I wouldn't want to live in this weird island far, far away from everybody. So instead of building an emergency bunker or buying tons of cars, I'll just keep investing all my money in the culture war because I'd prefer to prevent the apocalypse and then continue living in this beautiful planet with my neighbors, other people and chickens, you know, of course, because chickens are based AF. But maybe that's what Mark Zuckerberg should be considering. Winning a culture war, bringing back personal responsibility with individual rights and community instead of just running away from everything as he burns it down. Well, I don't want to set the world on fire, my friends. I want to ignite a spark in your heart so that you too will stand up for what you believe in and that you will help stave off the apocalypse. No new wars under Donald Trump. Securing our borders and living peacefully, it can be done. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.